I'm not a football coach, so I'm, I don't have to worry about whether I'm nitpicking or not. But as a fan, if if you find that only winning 40 to 13 in a game that really did not feel close after the second Georgia drive, um, you're probably looking for reasons to be upset. The dogs turned back the Gamecocks Saturday night at Sanford Stadium by a final score of 40 to 13. And it was never really in doubt. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall, and you are listening to episode 278 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. My two co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller, break down the good, the bad, and there really wasn't much bad, and the ugly in this quick UGA versus South Carolina postgame show. This episode is brought to you by our podcast partners over at El Barrio, The Pine Bar, and The Root, all located in beautiful Five Points in Athens. I'd like to thank our listeners for tweeting us photos of their dining experience at the restaurants. And this week, a special thanks goes out to Clem, at Clem's Tweets, for a great nighttime shot of the front of the pine. Make sure to tag us in your photos going forward. We'd love to see them. And without any further delay, this is the postgame show, and let's hear what Will and Tony have to say about Saturday night. Here's Will to get it all started. I'm Will Leach, in case you're wondering which one of these scallywags on this podcast is currently speaking. Uh, here with Tony Waller, as you might expect, discussing all right, it's our post game to the Georgia Bulldogs, defeating the South Carolina game somethings 40 to 13. Tony, I feel like uh, there's an old joke on the Solid Verbal podcast that you win your clunkers. <laughs> and this was not a clunker to any stretch of the imagination, but I do feel like it might have been the ideal scenario for Georgia, which is to say they stomped an opponent pretty definitively and there's a lot of good things to take from. But there were also some sloppiness here or there that I'm sure they will very much enjoy cleaning up uh, in practice all week. Uh, what did you think of the takeaway of, of this game uh, and not only how they won it, but how, how they looked doing it? Well, I think you're you're probably right. I, I think the shame to me is that Kirby can't figure out which quarterback to play. I mean, you bench the guy that has five touchdowns last week, and Honestly. then you know this other guy comes out and only does three, and it's 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 actually shameful. <laughs> um, yeah, in, in reality, I think you're right. I, I think I made that comment in, to to my wife who uh, who was not at the game, but she asked how to look. How to look? I was like, well, I think to considering that. Georgia looked like they were being matched by their opponent the first half uh, of the for half of the first half of the game and still were up whatever it was at halftime. And you got to feel pretty good about where you are when that happens. But you're right. I mean, there are some things to clean up and we'll, we'll put aside the first touchdown of the season. Yeah, I think it was, uh, that was a first team ish, all SDC receiver up against, um, somebody that just needs some work uh, playing cornerback. He just, he got turned around and, and it looked like he kind of gave up on the route a little bit, but there were some other things. I mean, it felt like they had uh, South Carolina's line spent uh, a lot more time in the backfield than I would have liked it. Despite JT going 23 to 31 yeah, for 300 yards. I'm not a football coach, so I'm, I don't have to worry about whether I'm nitpicking or not. But as a fan, if, if you find that only winning 40 to 13 in a game that really did not feel close after the second Georgia drive, um, you're probably looking for reasons to be upset. Yeah. You know, and it was funny for like the first quarter, you could almost be like, Oh, like this is how the South last South Carolina game, like where Georgia was clearly better, but like one big play leads to a three. And then the Stetson Bennett thing, which we'll talk about in a second. 
but it's funny, you know, in the preview podcast, we kind of talked about how this there's, I, it's hard to imagine them having a game like that. And I think that's exactly kind of what you saw that kind of sluggishness. Uh, and listen, but by sluggish, I mean, scored immediately on their first two offensive drives. <laughs> like, I don't want to get too cute about that, but I do think there is something to the idea that there was, you know, it was, they, they didn't come out and just immediately. So they came, they came, give a, give a couple of big plays and the running game, is you know it's good, but it doesn't feel like the Georgia running game sort of thing. They, you know, I mean, they played like they're a ton better than South Carolina, and they played like they are a ton, a ton better than South Carolina. But there, there were just little things here or there that feels like they got to tighten up a little bit. Um, if that's where you are, particularly when you look around some of the other national championship potential national championship contenders over the week, if that's where you are, I think you're in a pretty good place. Yeah, you know, I think that to me, the key moment of the game came when Georgia held South Carolina to a field goal after the interception. Um, I, I mean, I don't think the outcome would have been different, the, the actual, you know, who won or lost. But uh, that was that was a pretty big deal when you get uh, you give up an interception. And frankly, I, I, I saw coach's comments and I think he was being charitable. Stetson Stetson just he basically pointed to where he was going to throw the ball and threw it there. Um, and. And you know that's that's fine. It's that's you know backup quarterback. Um, but you know that to, to be able to get the stop there and have South Carolina kick the field goal uh, to keep it fourteen six as opposed to fourteen ten. Again, I don't think the the final outcome would have been different. It's just it would have had a whole different game feel in my mind because after that, um, it was it was punt punt safety, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. Interception, fumble, punt punt TD. Uh, and they had a 56-yard drive that resulted in a, in a field goal. They had a 46-yard drive that resulted in a touchdown. And the last drive, which I stayed and watched because I was like, okay, we're going to really keep them out of the end zone here. You know, they that that was our third and or four-string quarter uh, team uh, defense out there against their first-string offense. And they bowed up and kept them out of the end zone, which was pretty impressive, right? Um, especially after the intercept, I mean, sorry, that little long touchdown pass on the drive before. Um, so I, I, I think if you, uh, if you want to find some takeaways, um, I think our offensive line still has some gelling to do, uh, or, you know, whether Matt Luke's got to figure out what combo works or he's, he's got to do something different in scheme, but you know, we got all the rest of the game seemed to click pretty well. So what did you think of that? Two one two one. The continuation of the two one two one uh, quarterback thing. Uh, obviously, it doesn't look great when Bennett comes in, throws that terrible, uh, terrible interception. But I mean, I I feel like there was a lot like, what? What's he doing? Like, like they know they're stopping South Carolina. They know what they're doing. Uh, if uh, this feels like keeping everybody sharp for games, you know you're gonna be in a good spot from. Uh, and but you're not gonna see this against Auburn or Florida or even Arkansas. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I, it's it's hard to imagine you're in a situation against Auburn where uh, Daniels comes in, drives two, uh, two pretty pretty fast precision uh, touchdown drives, and then Stetson comes in. I, I don't see that being a thing. Um, I, I could be wrong, of course, but I mean, the other part about it is that it is also he is also laying a little bit of a template for maybe next year when it's. Uh, 
it's not Daniels in, in, in Bennett, it's uh, back in Vandergriff or Vandergriff in Stockton or back in Stockton or whatever that combination is. Um, look, as long as we're beating opponents by 30 points, I don't, it doesn't really matter to me. Uh, and I think I agree with you when I say that if we come out against Auburn and drive down in six plays and 75 yards twice and go up 14 to three, I feel pretty comfortable Monk is, uh, Munkin is going to say, uh, hey, grab your helmet, Daniels, you're going back out. Yeah, it's not going to be a thing. <laughs> it's just hard. It's, it's not going to be a thing. And I know that, you know, and, you know, I, I joked last week about the, uh, about the, you know, snooze it <laughs> throughout the yeah. season, but it definitely feels a little bit like in games like this, you're like, wait, if something, they didn't throw a 75 yard touchdown play every single time they have the ball and they didn't stop in three and out every single time. What's going on? Like what's going on here? And it, and it does feel like that, particularly when they're playing a smaller opponent. But then you know we, we don't have to go go all the way around. But uh, you look around and you're like, you know, the Alabama game got pretty tied, and holy crap, Geoff almost beat Clemson. And there's and you know you see Disney struggling, you see Oregon uh, struggling in the first half. Uh, I, this we can joke about win the clunkers. This if this is the clunker. Uh, the, we're at a higher class of clunker than everybody else is at. Yeah, no, I, hey, I'll take absolutely take this being a clunker where you know we. You can't even say we struggled. I mean, we, we the, the game was out of hand by the middle of the second quarter, <laughs> right? Uh, and, yeah, and, and there was no real moment beyond when they had that interception where even it was remotely like, oh, this is about to be a thing. Um. Basically, after the INT, Georgia had a six-play drive and punted, and then went TD, punt, field goal, field goal. I'm sorry, field goal, TD, TD, right? Oh, it's like also I, I was sitting – I do want to take a, a quick note. I was sitting by somebody who had some opinions about uh, Pavlesny, and um, I was very happy to see that uh, – what was that, 20-second drive? to go 40 yards to get in field goal position. That was a, it was a fantastic one minute drill that Daniels led them on. Uh, I think Kirby managed the clock really well and he did not hesitate to put Pat Lesney out there for what was a, um, you know, 37 yard kick, I guess. I don't remember exactly. Yeah. I think I was looking at the drive chart. We were on the 20, we were on the 19. Yeah. So, you know, 36 yard kick uh, at the end of the half. Um, and it was it was straight and it was true and it was it was good to do that. By the way, Camarda, that guy's going to end up winning us a football game some point later in the season. I'd make the point that he maybe won us a football game in Charlotte. Uh, but he, if if he is not a Ray Guy finalist, they should they should Ray Guy should take the award away from whomever gives it out. This is kind of where we'll talk about this in the show, uh, the, the preview show this week. This is kind of where it feels like Georgia is going to be. For a while, depending on how you feel about Arkansas, if you're feeling really up on Arkansas, which I think is totally reasonable the way that they're playing right now. Uh, but depending on where you are on Arkansas, uh, this is really what it feels like it's going to be in Vanderbilt next week. And maybe Arkansas, that is like, okay, it's gearing up for big ones. you know. And listen, there are big ones coming. Arkansas is a good team. At, I thought Auburn was actually more impressive than I thought they were going to be on uh, on Saturday night. And obviously Florida – Holding with Alabama as well, they did. You know the it, it's 
it's just, it's a weird kind of fan base tick. And I don't think it's something specific to Georgia fans that when you have a game like this where you're like, oh yeah, you blew them out halfway through the second quarter, it feels like yeah, but but this could be wrong and this could be wrong and this could be wrong because you know this this really is a fine tuning type thing until the games that we all have collectively decided that really matter because we know these don't matter to people because you blow them away and people are still kind of upset. So at a certain level, it feels this is the sort of. Uh, uh, I, I feel like more pleasure should be taken in games like this than, than maybe necessarily people take them. Oh, I had plenty of pleasure. The uh, the South Carolina fans that sat beside us, hey, shout out to the faculty staff that sold the ticket to South Carolina people. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's sarcasm, if you didn't know. <laughs> yes. uh, they, they they left uh, fairly early in the third quarter, which I was, that was, there was a great deal of pleasure in that. And I, I have to be honest, I, I this was a good football game. This was a good salve to what happened in 19 in my mind, because uh, you know, I, like Shane Beamer's a brand new coach, but I mean, he, he used all those timeouts in the first like quarter. <laughs> I mean, and, and that's fine. That happens with a new coach, but it, it is, uh, w- we are progressively getting closer and closer, um, to the team that the national media thinks should be the, the team that is, um, is is the one to beat, uh, and I, I am I'm I'm here for that. I, you know, I I know there's I know some of you listening are like, oh God, don't be that way. I was like, I'm just you know, just, at some point you just have to embrace it, um, and that's that's where you are, uh, and I think that's where we are. And well, I do have a question. I mean, you you came out and you saw the tailgate. It, it felt like a, a little more engaged crowd uh, this week, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I did yeah. note I, I showed. Um, I am not a fan of the wave. I never have been, but I have to say. Watching the wave go around the stadium last night made me smile. If for no other reason, I haven't seen the wave in Sanford since 1989, and or whatever whatever it was. It was, it was. I was watching the video, and it was like it was still full in the third quarter. I mean, people stayed for that game, even though it was out of hand. And it was, uh, I I felt like it was, uh, it was a fun and engaged crowd. Tailgating certainly was far. Uh, mm-hmm. There were far more tailgates out and about, uh, even earlier than there were last week so i think people are starting to catch on here and hopefully uh hopefully we keep bringing the heat yeah i, I will see what time that arkansas game is but i think you're gonna people can be fired up for that one too because i feel like by then you know it's then you're starting to really rev up right <laughs> that, yeah. and, and, yeah. and i mean that's i think it's gonna be the only top 25 team they play at home this year it's gotta be so you know i think that like the, the tailgate team was good it was a good vibe uh, it's funny. COVID uh, has changed many things for many people. One of the minor ways it's done it is I no longer get furious about the wave. <laughs> I also don't <laughs> like the wave, but I'm definitely like, okay, I'm going to try to appreciate 90,000 people doing something at once collectively. Yeah, that's, that's, I, I think that's what made me smile. I, honestly, yeah. it was yeah. like, it was kind of cool. Yeah. And um, so, but so that leads us into uh, Vanderbilt next week. Uh, uh, any, any, but did you have any thoughts? I didn't, I caught the end uh, of the Florida Alabama game. And I'm wondering what universe we live in if Florida gets that two point conversion. That game opened some eyes. I mean, I, I we watched the vast majority of that game at the tailgate and um, it was shocking how. I think the most shocking part about this is how poorly Alabama tackled. I do have it recorded. I'm going to go back and watch it a little more closely just because it there is some, you know, I, I know we're going to play Florida in October. I hope we play Alabama in December. And, you know, there are some, um, there's some things there that Florida did. Frankly, I don't think Georgia's going to be able to do just because Nick Saban's too good a coach to let two, though that happened twice in a season. Uh, but they, um, that that was it was interesting. It was it was a uh, it was a shockingly poor tackling performance. And, and give give Florida credit. Uh, you know, I think 
I think Mullen found a couple of plays that work and just kept running them, which is what you should do as a coach. Yeah, yeah um, that's the way it works. Uh, right. Uh, yeah, and shout out to the SEC crew that made Penn State punt on, on third down. Hey, I'm here for that. Um, I don't know if you saw that, but uh, yes. yeah, Penn State had to punt uh, had to punt on third down. It ended up not mattering uh, because uh, everybody's going like, well, Auburn was right there. I was like, if you can't. If you you're you have Tank Bigsby, if you can't oh, oh we got to talk about Bubba now here, don't we? Uh, mm-hmm. Ran a fade, ran a fade on fourth and two with Tank Bigsby in the backfield. Yeah. I I have long defended the play call against South Carolina some years ago. It's like hey, you know, it's like even though you have Gurley, it makes some sense. Blah blah blah. I, what are you doing, Bubba? Come on, man, run the ball. <laughs> Uh, okay, last thing, uh, they're announcing tomorrow. I want to give you one last chance to predict now that you're looking at the schedule. What time uh, What time do you think they're going to play Arkansas? I am leaning towards, and I didn't know like this at all, I am leaning towards them putting this on a six-day hold. Uh, there's a couple reasons why. Mm. Uh, the first is, is I feel fairly comfortable. I'm pulling up the SEC schedule real mm. fast just so I have it in front of me. Um, that uh, I feel comfortable the Ole Miss-Alabama game is going to be the 330 game. Um, so that leaves, you got Georgia, Arkansas, Mississippi state, Texas, A&M, Florida, Kentucky, by the way, Kentucky struggling to beat UTC is not Mm -hmm. great. Uh, Auburn, LSU, Tennessee, Missouri, you know, Troy, South Carolina and UConn Vanderbilt. That's one of your noon. Uh, that's one of your noon sec games and others, probably your four thirty game. Uh, so when you look at what you have here, ESPN always tries to put an sec team, in the uh, noon slot on one of their their game, uh, one of their networks, and then the late slot in one of their networks. So what you're really, you're either hoping for like the game we had last night, the ESPN seven o'clock game or ESPN two game at, at seven thirty, or um, or you're hoping to be uh, on the SEC network. I just don't think that game, the Georgia Arkansas games on the SEC network. Um, and the reason I think it's six day hold, Arkansas has um, Texas A&M next week, uh, and it that could um, that could affect how you know the winner of that game is much more likely to get an upmarket channel placement. Uh, you know, with Mississippi State playing Texas A&M, it it also helps Georgia if you want a night game on ESPN that Mississippi State lost to to Memphis. So I still think it's going to be a six day hold. I am leaning towards a night game. Uh, if they announce it tomorrow as a night game, I'm happy to be wrong. I, this is gonna how I'm gonna close every pod, every one of our post game podcasts is asking to prediction. <laughs> it's one, it's one of, part of my Mondays every day is immediately going into my calendar after they switched it up. All right, well we will be taping Tuesday. We'll be taping Tuesday night uh, back to our hopefully our, hopefully our usual taping schedule uh, now moving forward. Uh, so uh, Tony, I will see you on Tuesday. Very fun win, and we'll preview uh, Vanderbilt on Tuesday. Looking forward to it. So go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. Tweet us at WSLS Podcast with any comments, questions, or photos while you're here in Athens tailgating or visiting the game. Go into the game. Do you visit games? No, I think you go. You attend the games. While you're attending the games, send us those kind of photos. And one more thing before I sign off. If you've listened to the podcast for a while, you'll know that I am kind of in love with the NFL Scorigami Twitter handle. Now, if you're not familiar with what NFL Scorigami is, it's basically a Twitter handle that tracks unique scores that have happened in NFL history. And when a game ends in that unique score, like, I don't know, 47 to 5, they'll let you know if it's the first time that that's ever happened. So last year, an SEC Scorigami popped up on Twitter. And I'd like to give a special thank you to Dog and Cincy 
for pointing out that the Georgia versus South Carolina final score of 40-13 to 13 was, in fact, an SEC scoregami. It was the 815th unique score in SEC history, and that's a pretty cool bit of information, if you ask me. We'll see you on campus in a couple weeks, and as always, go dogs.